Hi, my name is Ron King, and this is a series of chats about situations in my life and how I've shown up for them, sometimes gracefully, very oftentimes not. The format is uh, a short conversation moderated by a woman named Libby Delena, who I just met, and uh, I don't know her, she doesn't know me, uh, and the chats are unscripted. She has had a number of conversations with some people close to me. She starts every episode with a question, and I don't know what that question is. My response is in real time, her reaction is in real time, uh, and we've recorded the conversation to share with you. When this project started, I wasn't sure what I was doing or why I was doing it, and in fact, I was very nervous about it. Um, in the end, I realized it was incredibly therapeutic and helpful for me to say everything that I've said out loud um, and to acknowledge uh, sort of what I've been through and who I am as a result. Uh, if in turn it is helpful to anybody, then it's worth the time and it's worth sharing. So uh, I hope you enjoy. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Libby. How are you? I'm good. What I'm doing actually, though, is looking over your shoulder at your cat behind you. Yeah, who is so, a, a, <laughs> a wonderful I was, companion. <laughs> I was gone for a couple of days and he is very happy to have me back. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that. I love cats. In any case. Um, okay, so I have a question for you. You have, um, quite honestly, one of the most breathtaking, um, diverse, eclectic, artful, call it resumes, of... Um, really anybody I have met. And I can imagine that comes from your desire to not have any regret and to and your ability to look at every opportunity and interaction really fully. So actually, what I want to hear you talk about is um, honestly being a music mogul and your incredible artists that you are working with, Drew Vision, who I had the incredible opportunity to talk to and I fell in love with him. Um, what a, obviously a very, very talented musician and also a really um, grounded and let's see, heart-centered heart human being. So I can see why the two of you were partnered, but I'd love to hear about that chapter. How'd you find each other? How did, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I have lived, we'll, we'll sort of tie it back into the cat. I have lived more than nine lives, like, <laughs> and and they have been so different, so vastly different. Um, and I think it's interesting how, uh, how much I dove into each one. And I think it's just because anything I do, uh, I give 110%. Like if I'm going to mentally or emotionally do something, then I'm just going to do it all the way. And as a result, I have all these very different chapters. So I was a um, senior vice president at Time Inc. I had a very big job. I was running seven of the biggest magazine brands in the world. Um, and, and really sort of the busiest I had ever been in my life. Um, and through a random series of events, uh, I met an artist named Drew Vision. So I knew his mom. His mom introduced us. Um, we were just... Friendly. I mean, I thought he was cool. He was kind of my cool card. You know how like 
we we like to you know have a cool friend in our group so um he was kind of my cool card and um he had moved to los angeles uh and he called me one day and said you know i want to um I want. I have an album in my head. I want to put it together, but my network is in New York, so I need to come back to New York. Um, and you have a empty bedroom right in the middle of Manhattan. It would be really convenient if I could stay there for like up to two weeks and get this project done. Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." I said, "I'm super busy, but come and you know do what you need to do." Then two days later, uh, he sat me down and he said, "So I wasn't quite prepared for how extensive this journey was going to be and." you know, studio time and engineers, and I don't have the money for all of that. And I was sort of bracing for him to ask me for money, uh, to which I would have said no. Um, but he didn't. He said, can I record this album in your apartment? Mm. And I was like, well, I don't really know how that works. Like, don't you need like a studio room with like egg crates on the wall? And he said, that's called a sound booth. And you have a walk-in closet full of Tom Ford suits. That would make an excellent sound booth. Um, and really today you just need a couple speakers and a um, laptop. And I thought about it and I said, I don't know why not. I said, but you know, I have seen straight out of Compton and I know what goes on in those studios and that cannot happen in my house. Um, and he laughed and of course he would always be respectful. And so him and he had a manager at the time, a guy named Shane, him and Shane went to work setting up a studio and recorded an album. So I would get up and go to work every day, work all day long, entertain clients at night, come home late at night. They'd be there working still. And we did that for a couple of days. And at one point, uh, Drew asked me why I never come in when they're working. And honestly, it's because I wasn't that interested, but I was like, I'm super busy. Like, I don't know, y'all do your thing, but like, I'm busy. I've got a really busy life. I could see that that looked a little bit ruder than it should have. So I went in and sat with them while they were recording a song. They were working on the song called Trust Issues. Um, and when I heard Drew singing, I was really taken back. I was like, that voice is incredible. Um, and so at the end of that session, I said, look, you are stupidly talented. You are ridiculously handsome. Yes. And you're a really good guy. My yeah. guess is that in the music industry, um, people have one of those three or two of those three. I think very few people have three of those three. And I don't know music, but I know sales. And I can sell you. So why don't I consult you and Shane for 30 days? Um, and they were super excited and grateful for my time. And I figured out how to squeeze it in. And so we wrote down objectives and we wrote a Northern star and we put a, a vision board. And basically I said, anything that doesn't take us there, you don't do. So let's get moving. And um, we decided to finish this album. It was called the balance. We were going to have a release party. So both of them came to me with their list of um, invitees for the release party. And it was all friends and family. So we tore it up and I said, that's not how we get there. Like they already know you. So we invite <laughs> bloggers and journalists and music executives. And um, so, you know, we went to work. So they finished the album. I worked on a bunch of marketing materials. We found a venue. Um, and, you know, it was a very DIY from the very beginning. So like the venue didn't have a stage. And I remember Drew saying to me, I can't perform level with the crowd. Like, even if it's a little bit, I have to be higher. 
but we didn't have much money to sink into it and um, just didn't know what to do. So we're out in alleys in Manhattan finding pallets and we stapled pallets together and we covered it with carpet and we, we built our own stage. It was very rickety, but he didn't fall off of it. Um, and we had a release party. We, we, uh, it was at the Hunt and Fish Club in New York. Um, it was full of bloggers and influencers and music executives. And one of the people that came was a woman that I worked with named Vanessa DeLuca from Essence Magazine. She's the editor-in-chief. Um, and she, just like how you started this conversation, she fell in love with Drew on stage um, and invited him to come perform on Essence.com on one of their live shows, which was a huge deal. And so we did. And from there, the reaction was really good. So they invited him to the Essence Music Festival. Um, at the Essence Music Festival, we did uh, TV Row, which is or Radio Row, which is a whole row of uh, interviews. Someone heard Drew on the radio and invited him to the uh, to do the morning show television. So at five o'clock in the morning, we had TV stations. Like it just skyrocketed. Um, and uh, Shane left. Like it wasn't even very dramatic. He just realized he he was a homie with a heart in the right place, but like didn't know how to. Like this is a very. Um, it's not even necessarily about having vision. It's just a very practical, get shit done job being an artist manager. Um, and I think one of the reasons, so fast forward, Drew and I worked together for five years and had great success and had a lot of fun. And um, he is a dear friend, uh, artist that I admire immensely um, and has a very bright future ahead of him. But um, I never, I think one of the reasons it works so well is I never wanted to be an artist. I can't sing. Um, and I think that oftentimes when man and artist managers are, um, either artist wannabes, they just couldn't make it themselves or somehow that doesn't really work. Cause then there's always something weird, but like he had a lane and I had a lane. We knew what those lanes were. We ran really fast. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories is he recorded a song called, um, without you. Um, mm. you know, we would sit and we would have these conversations. So I would say like, what are you dreaming about? Um, and he said, right now, all, um, really good pop music is coming out of Sweden. So we find Swedish contacts who write pop songs. We book flights and we go to Sweden. We write a song. Um, and he wrote a song called Without You. We came back. We decided to release it. It was a really good song. And Drew said, I don't know. Um, we need to do a video. I don't really have too much in mind, but. I want to be on an island. I picture me on a cliff with my shirt blowing in the wind and I want to swim with sea turtles. That's all he gave me. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, shit, that's very specific. Um, <laughs> so uh, I got a contact at the at Barbados Tourism. I went to their offices. I pitched them this concept that I have an artist who wants to go to Barbados and um, do a film a video. They asked me to submit our storyboards for the video. I was like, yeah, of course, no problem. And I called Drew and I was like, what the fuck are storyboards? He's like, I don't know. So we Googled storyboards. <laughs> we Googled templates. We made up a story. I put a picture of sea turtles. I put a picture of Drew on a cliff. Um, we wrote out a sequence and I submitted it to them. They gave us an all expense paid trip to Barbados for me, for Drew, and for our, our videographer. Um, they gave us on the ground 
concierge service. So like Drew wanted drone shots and you can't fly drones into Barbados. So they got, they found drone operators. Like they did everything for us. Um, they asked that the Barbados flag be in the video. Um, and we went and we shot a music video. Uh, it was my first time ever directing a music video or producing a music video. And um, it was incredible. And then uh, we called BET, said, we'd like to share this with you. Um, BET loved it. It aired on BET, I think. For, it ended up airing for almost six months on BET. Um, and that's just an example of how we did it. Now, I will tell you, uh, so I was never a mogul. Um, the joke about a mogul is that we were at a Grammy party and a friend of mine, Bazoma St. John, posed for a picture with me. That evening, she posted a um, collage on Instagram that said, amazing Grammy parties, hanging out with music moguls. And it was a picture of her and L.A. Reid and then a picture of her and me. So <laughs> she sort of right. named me a mogul, but I never <laughs> considered myself a mogul. Um, yeah. But it was great. Like we, you know, got into doors. We never thought we'd get in. And um, it is a ruthless, terrifying industry. I mean, my, the amount of respect um, that I have for artists, because, I mean, with that many odds against you and the idea that like, you know, Drew is all in, it's all he's ever wanted to do. It is his purpose in life. And as you and I know, like when that's, that's your purpose. When that's your vision, you don't have a backup plan because then you're not in it 100%. Then you're only in it 50%. So, you know, the time goes by, the backup plan's not there. Where do you get your money? I mean, luckily for Drew, he's gorgeous and so he does a lot of modeling. But um, I have a lot of artist friends and I just, it takes an extremely strong person. Um, but yeah, that's not, that's, you know, it's Ron King this shit all day long. Well, I was going to say, this is called Ron King, that shit. And yeah. as you were talking, I was writing down notes. By the way, I think you're probably a donkey mogul now. Right? I, I, I am a donkey I think mogul. You might I will be. take that one. So, yeah. so you can hold that that yeah. moniker. Okay, so Ron King, that shit. Literally, as you were talking, I'm writing all these things down where that attitude had a profound effect. So number one, you said, here's the North Star. This is This is where we're going on the map. And anything that doesn't take us to that North Star is off the table. I mean, that's just, honestly, that's incredible branding, quite honestly. That's my world. So here's our North Star. Everything else is superfluous. It might be a good idea, but it's not taking us where we want to go. That's Number it. two was um, the ability and the humility, which I think is so powerful. I think humility is like a secret power, a uh, superpower. Um, was the ability to go and find all the pallets and make a stage. Okay, there isn't one, we'll make it. I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot of drama. It didn't sound like a lot of drama around it. We'll figure that out. That's Ron King, that shit. Um, number three was storyboards. Don't know what it is. Not a big deal. We'll figure it out. We'll put together our version of it. Not Let's not get caught up in that. <laughs> I love, we put a sea turtle, we put a cliff, we put a beautiful picture of Drew. We're good. Yeah. Number three, Sweden. Okay. So number four, Barbados. No, that's probably like number six, Barbados. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of those are examples of where the um, magic of Ron King that shit um, I, um, was not just a small decision. Um, they were significant and maybe didn't feel significant at the moment, but all together, 
it is a pattern that shows me, shows anybody who's watching these, how ranking that shit isn't a monumental dramatic moment. It's it's daily. It's on, on behalf of small decisions. That's right. And it's the belief, it's a optimistic belief that whatever is in front of you, there's an opportunity to solve. And you can solve it your own way. There's no one way to do it. That's right. So, the, that's so what I what I've learned about life is that we are all scared and insecure and just trying to act like we're not but right. everyone is everyone like, this world is scary uh you know you can complete i am a completely ridiculously confident person who is equally insecure like we're just trying to figure shit out and once you sort of get your head around that then there's not much you can't figure out right because then you realize we're all just trying to figure shit out um and i think the important thing to say is that or to point out is that I have been, I mean, listen, there are times in my life where I've had no money and there are times in my life where I've had a lot of money. So I have been blessed with a career that paid me a lot of money. And, um, and that has been helpful to me and it was helpful to Drew Vision. But all of the examples that you just laid out didn't require a penny. Right. So asking Barbados if we can go to Barbados to shoot a music video, we didn't spend a dollar on that or building the palette or creating the storyboard. Like this isn't, you know, money helps without question, but you don't need to have the finances to run King this shit. You just have to want to figure shit out. Um, and, you know, we, uh, Drew wanted a, uh, we, we would take meetings and we would tell our story. We'd share our enthusiasm and we'd ask people, we would say like, we are the hardest working people you'll meet. Like we're doing all of the work. We need an assist. Are you willing to give us an assist? And if you're not, fine. I hope you enjoyed your lunch, but we need an assist. We are on the hunt for an assist. Um, and we had that conversation over and over and over and over again. And of course, when you're that transparent, when you're not being passive aggressive about it, and when you're not saying, I'm not using you, but we need some help. Uh, so many people helped us along the way. Um, but I, um, you know, Drew ended up, his next album, we were sitting at a restaurant. I said, you need a hit. Um, who are hit makers? And he said, I mean, the biggest hit makers in the game are Timberland, um, Brian Michael Cox, and um, I forget who the third one he said. He said, but you can't get them. But like, let's find the next version of them. Um, and so I was friends with Daytuan Thomas at Vibe. I asked Daytuan if he knew Brian Michael Cox. He did. He made an introduction. I had to chase him down for a couple of weeks. I said, look, Brian, I have an artist who thinks you're the biggest hit maker on the planet. And he needs a hit. Uh, will you listen to him? Will you meet him? Uh, and he called me back and he said, tell me about this guy. We talked about it. Uh, he said, I'm flying to LA. Uh, let me meet him while I'm out there. They got drunk at the Soho house. Next thing you know, we're in Atlanta, working in the So-So Death Studio for two weeks, making a new album with Brian Michael Cox. Then we're on Billboard. Billboard's asking him what it's like working with Drew Vision. And he says, you know, Drew has the exact same studio work ethic as Mary J. Blige. He's done all of their, he did Mary J. Blige and uh, Usher and uh, Mariah Carey and um, Jermaine Dupree. He did all of that. And he did Drew Vision's album. Um, so we just, but, so we would have these meetings and out of these meetings would come wish list. And so he told me once he wanted to meet the uh, president of Apple Music. And so I figured out his email address, Larry Jackson. And I said, Larry, my name is Ron King. I'm an artist I'd like you to meet. 
would you be willing to meet with us? Um, next thing you know, his assistant says, Larry, we'd like to have lunch with you at the Beverly Hills Hotel. We're sitting in his booth. Uh, he's interrupted our lunch to say hi to Chris Jenner in the booth next to us. And um, then he gave us some directions that he wanted to hear more for him from us. Then we're at his office a couple weeks later. There's still cigars in the ashtray on his private veranda from DJ Khaled and Drake the night before. And um, like we were in it uh, and it was magical. Um, it's equal parts heartbreaking. I mean, those magical moments for every magical moment, there yes. were 20 heartbreaks. Like yes. it is brutal, but, uh, but it, you know, it is all about serendipity and, and hard work and talent. Um, with the right amount of gift Ron King the shit put in it. So Ron King the shit story. plus a name like yeah, it's great. Plus a name like Drew Vision. Incredible. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you uh, for that story. I love it. Of course. Um and again, I, I I'm going to say that owning the word mogul is if you want to. Yeah. Is totally legit. <laughs> yeah. I'll take I'll take it. No problem. <laughs> okay. All right, let's talk later. Bye. Okay, bye.